At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. running on a monday night it is good to be back tim murray after a little vacation adam burke sitting in for the hall of famer sean king who uh had a nice little weekend inducted into the greater new orleans sugar bowl hall of fame so congrats to sean enjoying some family time so adam burke hanging out we've got our college football betting guide out that adam was a integral part of uh that we will certainly get to but a whole lot to get to Adam, uh, and uh, we got trade deadline tomorrow in Major League Baseball. Moves happening, lickety split. A uh, couple, couple pretty big moves today. I guess the biggest would be Josh Hader on the move to the San Diego Padres. Obviously, the biggest, biggest news of the day: the punishment handed down on Deshaun Watson. As of right now, it'll be six games for Deshaun Watson to miss the start of the season. So August first, man. Came in pretty hard with uh, with a lot of things, uh, a lot of things to talk about. But uh, good to hang out with you, Adam. What's happening? Yeah, good to do the show with you too. I, look, I'm trade deadline live blog today, so that's been a lot. <laughs> Did 49 of the co- uh, the uh, college football team previews, so it's been busy. But you know what? I mean, this is this is what we live for in this business. Football season coming around, and lots to look forward to for sure. Yeah, we got. Uh, we'll continue our summer conditioning series. Uh, we will start the AFC East today with. A team that many people believe will hoist the Lombardi Trophy for the first time in franchise history, the New York Jets. I mean, uh, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills we will get to at 8 o'clock. Mike Sando from The Athletic scheduled to join us a little bit later on in the show as well. His tears quarterback uh, column is out, which is always a great read every single year. And then Mo Pearson from uh, WinBet will hang out in studio. We'll talk some college football with Mo. So a lot to get to. Uh, trade deadline, you want to hit it? We'll hit on it real quickly. We'll dive more in depth. But the big names going, uh, Josh Hader to the Padres. Trey Mancini goes from Baltimore to Houston. Christian Vasquez, while in Houston with the Red Sox, has been traded to the Astros. And then the most recent one, Jose Quintana, goes from the Pirates to the Cardinals, and I know that uh, you were anticipating Quintana to be on the move, and uh, not surprised that it is St. Louis. 
Yeah, I figured there were three destinations for Quintana. St. Louis being probably number one on that list, Cleveland being number two, Minnesota being number three. And I really expected after the Twins didn't get either Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas that they would go and get Jose Quintana, but they opted not to do it. A guy with plenty of experience there in the American League Central, but also another big trade, the Yankees getting Frankie Montas here today and also getting Lou Trevino in that trade. Really like the return for Oakland in that deal. Not that you know it's going to be a significant help to them this season, but I think down the line it will be. I do really like J.P. Sears, though. I feel like I'll probably end up betting on him a little bit here uh, in the second half of the season. But, you know, look, still some big names to go. Yep. Obviously, you're a Nationals fan. You know what that's <laughs> like. Juan Soto, Josh Bell will definitely go tomorrow at some point. I think there's a chance, an outside chance, that maybe Nelson Cruz goes. Yeah. But, you know, uh, we're still waiting for that Juan Soto domino to fall. Yeah, that's the big one. Uh, we'll keep our eyes. Can't imagine. He's playing tonight, has been pulled from the game, did it a home run off of Max Scherzer in uh, in Soto fashion uh, for this season. Home run, and the Nationals are losing by four runs because, you know, Patrick very Corbin. Angels-esque. Because Patrick Corbin started tonight, and he is uh, yeah, yeah not very good. All right, we'll get back to the MLB trade deadline a little bit later on in this hour, but let's start with the, uh, the massive news. Uh, we were all expecting the punishment to be put down, and it ultimately came out six games. Look, I think people listening and know our network – know what we're about and you know we could give our opinions on you know what this means it should it be longer should it not be longer are the browns do they need uh to figure out their proper pr yes yes and and yet probably yes but for us as a betting network we focus on okay it is six games what does this mean for the betting market and i thought warren sharp today uh was uh, was pointing out some things i was trying to like as many tweets of his as possible uh, Adam, while I was uh, while I was flying back from the East Coast, uh, so you take a look at the, the the schedule, and it is look, it is manageable, uh, especially with Jacoby Brissett. Now, the the biggest curiosity I have here, as people think about this from a betting perspective, is will it still be six games? From everything, and I know you're a Browns guy and, and follow the Browns very closely. From everything that you've read today, are you under the and I know it's hard with with Goodell. Do you feel like it's ultimately going to be six games? We know the NFLPA wasn't going to fight this because, I mean, it came out yesterday. They they knew what this suspension was going to be. They weren't going to fight it. They were going to put their spin on it and say, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, Judge Robinson says it's that's what we need to stick by because they knew they were getting a favorable deal. So it seems. Do you think it sticks at six games? I think it's a really fair question to ask. I do think so because, you know, look, the, the one thing about Judge Robinson's ruling is it seems like she very literally followed the conduct policy where it seemed like six games was you know going to be kind of the expectation. And maybe that's why, to your point, the NFLPA was like, we're going to be good with this. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're not going to appeal it, anything like that. Does the NFL follow suit is the big question. And, and I think that when you kind of look at what's, not happened with owners and disciplining them with some of their transgressions. I kind of wonder if the NFL wants all of that dirty laundry out there to kind of sully the start of the season. So I, I think that this probably stays at six games. The interesting thing too, is if you look at DraftKings right now, the Browns are favored in five of those six games. Yep. Yeah, it is. Uh, as you just saw, and uh, we'll go through it. Um, you know, as of right now, a very favorable schedule. And as I mentioned, Warren Sharp pointing out, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL weeks one through six. Only one team, the Chargers, 
are expected, uh, based off of their preseason win total, to be an above 500 football team this year. You start on the road at the Panthers, where they're a slight road favorite, home favorite against the Jets, home favorite against the Steelers, road favorite at the Falcons, slight dog against the Chargers, and then a home favorite against the Patriots before Deshaun Watson is expected to return in Week 7. He will be able to practice, I believe, Week 5. Is that correct? Once... Four weeks in, I believe he's back allowed in the facility. So, Adam, when you look at this now, you know, I have a, a bet with Sean that the Ravens will end up with more wins than the Browns. Now, he was not fully anticipating uh, when we made this bet like a month or two ago that there would be discipline on Deshaun Watson. More, obviously, things came out. But the way that this suspension is currently set up, do you like the Browns' chances more to make the playoffs and or surpass their win total because it is six games. Those games are very manageable. And look, let's be, you know, outside of the quarterback position, this is a pretty solid roster heading into the season. Yeah, it is a very solid roster. And a lot of people have kind of been looking at, you know, Deshaun Watson versus Jacoby Brissett for the first six games. And I think that's the wrong discussion to have. It's Jacoby Brissett versus Baker Mayfield that you really want to compare side by side because this is effectively the same team that Baker had last year. They don't have Jarvis Landry. They've, you know, they lost JC Treader, but they're they're putting in Nick Harris, who's a very good replacement center there. And they've gotten Amari Cooper now, as long as he's able to stay healthy through camp. He had a scare today. But, you know, when you look at Mayfield versus Brissett, I don't really think that there's that much of a drop off there. So I think in these first six games, They'll be in pretty good shape. Now, these are all close lines for the most part. Yeah. I mean, they're four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Jets and the Falcons. Those are the big, two biggest numbers of those games. So it's not like these are gimmies by any means, but they are favorable given the situation that they're in. The question that I have is, let's say they go 3-3 three and three through mm-hmm. the first six, something like that. You bring back Deshaun Watson in Week 7 to play at Baltimore and then face the Bengals right before the bye, a guy that hasn't played in a year and a half. You know, that's where I kind of think it gets really interesting. You know, then they got the back-to-back road games of the Dolphins and the Bills. Miami looks improved. Buffalo, as we'll talk about later on in the show, is a very legitimate Super Bowl contender. That's what I kind of wonder about. If they go 3-3 three and three to start the year, that's great. But what are they doing those next four with a rusty Watson? So I would lean towards not making the playoffs and probably staying under that season win total. But obviously, the supporting cast here is really, really good. Yeah, and for me, I would stay away from betting anything at this point in time, unless you have a really strong belief that this Browns roster is is good enough with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I think my worry, too, is the fact that, and we're going to break down these odds that we're showing on the screen right now in the next segment a little more in depth, because you know here where we sit at Circa, they haven't really changed their mind. They've been rather bullish on the Browns aren't going to make the playoffs, you know, willing to take bets on the other side of them, you know, to make playoffs at a, at a plus price. But the reason I, I wouldn't, you know, make a bet one, one is Jacoby Brissett was bad in Miami. He was good in Indianapolis and and that quarterback, if that one shows up and with a, a pretty solid supporting cast and a, you know, solid coaching staff with Stefanski and, and Van Pelt as, you know, head coach in OC, I'm also not completely convinced, especially with the backlash that was today, you know, basically everywhere, that this is going to stay at six games. I'm very curious to see what the NFL does ultimately decide to do here, Adam, if they'll try to push this up a little bit more, try to force a eight-game suspension. Or I don't think we could get, 
I don't think the NFL could try to do a season long, but I would not be surprised if they push for maybe an eight-game suspension because the precedent that is set right now, I mean, this is essentially, what, a PED suspension uh, for uh, for DeAndre Hopkins, his first failed PED test. He got six games, and now Deshaun Watson gets six games. So I think, obviously, the the precedent and the image that has been put out there by the NFL does not look great today. So I'm seeing, I'm curious if Goodell will try to push this a little bit more. Right. And and to your point, if they even if they do just extend it out to eight games, that's half of their games against AFC North teams. Right. It's so a, it completely it change. It completely changes the dynamic, right? From six games being the easiest schedule in the NFL. If it goes to eight games, then you're adding in the Ravens and the Bengals. Mm -hmm. More on this. Deshaun Watson, six-game suspension as of now. Adam Burke sitting in for Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It's the Nightcap here on VC. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. This segment of the Nightcap is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time. To make a change, everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn will be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Alongside Adam Burke, sitting in for Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Sean is... He's been out and about. He was inducted into the Greater New Orleans Hall of Fame earlier uh, this weekend. He was doing the mornings for a while. So, yeah, he uh, he's, hasn't been on the nightcap in, in quite some time. So we'll uh, we'll get him back at uh, at some point. But Adam hanging out with us uh, for a good chunk of the week. we got some baseball games going on, uh, some late-night action. The Padres, a quick 3-0 lead as uh, they will have a new closer here. Uh, what, come tomorrow? Josh Hader on his way to San Diego. Uh, we will get to all the moves today. None 
Juan Soto is still a national as of right now, so I know that's the biggest domino that everyone's waiting. But some other important pieces, uh, and Adam uh, hit on them to start the show, and we will uh, we will jump into those at the bottom of the hour. Dodgers, uh, an early two one lead on the Giants. Max Muncy just uh, hit a two run shot, and your uh, your Guardians four to four right now uh, in the uh, in the ninth inning. There, Adam Guardians only one game back of the Twins. Going to be making some big moves tomorrow. Probably not. I, I, you know what? I, I'm really curious to see what they do. I mean, there are some guys I think they could sell. There's certainly guys they could buy, but they're a team that anytime they buy a player or, you know, that they're a buyer at the deadline, it's got to be a guy that's under contract control for at least another year, preferably two or three years. And, you know, there's only so many of those to go around that teams are willing to move. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, Juan Soto was given a a rather large ovation from the uh, the faithful on a Monday night in uh, in Washington uh, after his last at bat. So who knows? Uh, we'll get once again. We'll get to that uh, here in just a little bit. Let's keep uh, the Deshaun Watson conversation going. Um, let me just ask you this though, Adam, because I, and and Sean completely disagrees. I really like this Ravens team, and I know they traded Hollywood Brown, and you know his his thought was in the immediate. It was a good. It was a good move to make because you got a first round pick for Hollywood Brown. AJ Brown got a first round pick. However, his thought process was the wide receiver position in Baltimore is you know there's there's much to be desired, which I I don't disagree with. And he had some you know positive years, and you're expecting Rashad Bateman and uh, you know Devin Duvernay and all these guys to they need to take a big step forward. I like so many of these surrounding pieces. Um, you know, Linderbaum comes in as an immediate starter at center, and they were eight and three. And then Lamar Jackson gets hurt, and things fall apart. So I like the Ravens even prior to the Deshaun Watson news. You know, a month ago when we fully anticipated a suspension to come. When you look at this division now, are where are you on Cincinnati? Is it a potential you know sell high spot on Cincinnati Cincinnati I felt like they made some really smart moves bolstering their biggest issue which was their offensive line you know could you still sell yourself in on Cleveland winning this division and I I think we would all be of the same mindset especially when uh it's being floated out there that Mason Rudolph could start at quarterback yeah maybe maybe not maybe not the year for the Steelers yeah no probably not this will probably be the first losing season for Mike Tomlin with Pittsburgh I think but Look, the reality is I can make a case for any of those three teams to win the AFC North. I, I can certainly make a case for Cleveland. You can make a case for Cincinnati. I mean, last year, offensively, they were so good, particularly in the year, or late in the year, I should say. They improved the offensive line, as you mentioned. There's a lot to like about Joe Burrow with another year in the NFL, another year with all of his skill guys. But I also, like you, think that Baltimore is the team to beat in this division, you know, because... Look, last year, it wasn't even just the Lamar Jackson injury. I mean, they lost J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards very early on in the season. They were losing guys in the secondary left and right. They were playing dudes off the street in the back seven at various points throughout the course of the season. And, okay, fine. They lost six in a row to end the year. I get it. They lost by a point on the road at Pittsburgh, two points on the road at Cleveland, a point to Green Bay at home. They got blown out by the Bengals. It happens. They lost by a point to the Rams at home. And then lost in overtime in their week 17 game or week 18 game, excuse me, against the Steelers. It's not like they were getting blown out when Lamar Jackson wasn't there. They only got beaten badly one time. So they were in every single game with Tyler Huntley Mm -hmm. and a really smart coaching staff. I like, you know, bringing back Mike McDaniel here to run this defense, who was the defensive coordinator with Michigan last year. 
I think, it, you know, to kind of counteract the lack of the wide receivers, they'll start throwing to the running backs a little bit more. Why not get well, Dobbins they have 17 the tight ends anymore? on the roster, too. That too. <laughs> and, Mark, and Mark Andrews is just uncoverable. We found that out. I mean, the guy had 156 targets last year. Or 153. Caught 107 balls. I Yeah, and <laughs> there's something... I don't know what crazy scheme they've got figured out with Greg Roman there, but they went out and they got Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, and they've got Charlie Kolar from uh, Iowa State. Both got him in the fourth round. So, yeah, I, I don't know what they're trying to pull out there, but uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see the Ravens and I think a team that you know was significantly hampered due to injuries. So we go back to Cleveland with Deshaun Watson, as of right now, being suspended six weeks as that came out today. I... I am still of the belief, as I said, going into the break, there's a good chance, in my opinion, there's a chance this gets extended. Not to full season, but that maybe two to eight games. And and you said this during the break to me off air, which was, if it goes to eight games, how hard does the NFLPA try to fight it? Do they just say, you know what, fine. It's not a season. I think they were going to fight very, very hard if, it, if a season came out. If they push it to eight games, does it make it? Look, I know I hate saying this type of phrase because of you know, the much important thing, but once again, we as a gambling network try to focus on you know the X's and O's. Does it make it look better for the NFL if they get it out to eight games? They pushed it out a little bit. NFLPA accepts that because it's to me it is so different if it does get pushed to eight games because then you add the Ravens and the Bengals to that schedule, and as you pointed out astutely, it's now going from one to three, which would be half of your games in the division. Yeah, for sure. And and again, I mean, if you're the NFL, you know, you probably don't want to, like I said, you probably don't want all of your dirty laundry out there. Right. But if you feel like you can push just a little bit and get any kind of win, right? you know, any kind of win for the league, any kind of win for the perception of this whole case and, you know, everything that's been going on with it, if you can get those extra two games, and furthermore, I think, in the court of public opinion, to your point about adding the Ravens and the Bengals, then it feels kind of more penal for Cleveland of, okay, yeah, fine. They play a you know a pretty weak schedule in the first six weeks, but now if we add Baltimore and Cincinnati, it makes it much more difficult for this team to make the playoffs. So I think from an NFL standpoint, they'll probably look at it and say, yeah, if we can get a couple extra games out of this, kind of make us look a little bit better, make it look like more of a punishment. That may be a route that they choose to go, and, and as we've kind of discussed here, is the NFLPA really going to push back? Yeah. And if they do push back, what's their win? They get it back down to six? Is that really worth it? So I, that may be a, a very realistic scenario that you bring up. So let's get to uh, a graphic that we showed in the first segment, and it's very interesting, and you know we always talk about it, and I know probably a lot of our, our viewers and listeners say, yeah, yeah, I know, shop around, shop around, but... It pays to do so, especially in the futures market, you know, the Heisman market, things like that, which we'll get to. You, know, you look at this. This is surprising. You usually don't see this big of a discrepancy. So will the Browns make the playoffs? This is the move today. Bet Rivers move to even money for them to make the playoffs and as a slight favorite to miss the playoffs, minus 121. DraftKings is a pick em, minus 110 both ways. Where we sit here tonight at Circa, for the Browns to make the playoffs they don't seem phased by the news today uh, that it is six games only and that it is the easiest schedule in the NFL. Two to one, 
to make the playoffs, minus 240. And here is a nice graphic for Brown's movement at Circus Sports based off of uh, the movement today. Adam, it has actually moved to the under on eight and a half wins. It is now still eight and a half, but juiced to the under to make the playoffs went from plus 185 to plus 205. I guess the folks here at Circa thought there's a realistic chance that maybe it would only be four games that Sean Watson was suspended. Yeah, and look, I mean, all these books are going to try and do things their own way, you know, kind of have their own risk tolerance, and they have a very high degree of risk tolerance here at Circa, as, as we've all talked about before. But it is very interesting to see, you know, that it goes up over $2 to make the playoffs. I mean, the reality is it's probably worth it at to make two to that one? bet at 2-1. to one. Yeah, 2-1, to one, I think, you know, what, that's a 33% chance, a little yeah. little, a little less than that uh, to, to make the playoffs. Probably worth it, but certainly they're not scared of no. making that bet. Yeah, so there you go. If, if you want, if you believe in the Browns and think that, you know, they were uh, fortunate today with the ruling that came down from Judge Robinson. Well, here's the place to make that bet. Plus 205 to make the playoffs. That's Adam Burke. I'm Tim Murray. Handful of moves have made in Major League Baseball. Who was the biggest winner of the day? Anything changing in the futures market? We'll discuss that next here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly alongside adam burke i am tim murray you could follow him on twitter at skating tripods there you have it right there for those of you watching on vsin.com or wherever you may be watching on this monday evening at one tim murray for me you got baseball going on we got big big nfl news today with deshaun watson's suspension being handed down at six games we'll see if it stands and uh, the mlb trade deadline tomorrow 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific We've had some moves today. Um, the Washington Nationals game just concluded. Juan Soto went one for one, three walks and a homer. And his last at bat was given a standing ovation by the fans. Uh, and this was uh, apparently Bob Carpenter, who is the TV t- TV play-by-play voice. By the way, the Nats lost, of course, because they suck. Um, he said, please put on that uniform tomorrow night. We love you, man. We'll see. I mean, it'll be quite the haul. That is the name we are all waiting to see if he gets dealt, Adam. Just gut right now, do you think he is moved before tomorrow night? So yesterday I would have said no. Mm-hmm. Today I think so. Yeah. Because you know we've kind of seen sort of the arms race with some of the top teams, at least in the American League, we haven't completely seen it in the National League, where we did see the Padres, of course, get Josh Hader, but we haven't seen the Dodgers make a really big move. You know, The Padres got Hader, but they also gave up some pretty good talent in return. Somebody's going to have to make a big splash here, and, and I think now it's going to get to the point where a team's going to go, you know what, let's just do it. 
I'd be curious, the team that was just in Washington, now what the rumors are, and who knows, I mean, someone could come in last minute and blow the socks off of the Nationals, and I think the Nationals are, look, they don't have to make the move now. Um, you know, they certainly could wait till this offseason. They still have them under contract for two more years. So, you know, Mike Rizzo and, and everything that's been reported out there, um, you know, via whoever, has basically said, if they don't get what they're wanting, they're just not going to move them. And we will see. My gut tells me someone's going to come in last minute with just a ridiculous offer and and get him. And and my gut would be the Padres. You know, I, I think, and I was talking to Aaron Ostrom. Me and Aaron are both Nats fans. Uh, Twenty nineteen was amazing. That's all I keep saying to myself. Um, but I think the Padres with with the uh, with the talent that they have, young talent that they have, and it feels like AJ Preller, their GM, is just he's just going for it. I could see them making this move, especially with there was a, a report today the Dodgers had been sniffing around, and if the Dodgers are sniffing around, now they're feeling... So I think he does get moves. I also think the Cardinals have been one who've been poking around, too. They were just in Washington. You know, they've got Pujols and Yachty, their last go of it. Wainwright's on his last legs. Do they just say, you know what? Forget it. Goldschmidt's having an, an MVP caliber season. Let's go for it, too. Let's just give up whatever we need to. So... I think at the end of the day, I think he gets moved tomorrow by the time we're on the air. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, look, the, the Cardinals kind of balked at the price. At least this was how it was reported yeah. today. They balked at the price of Dylan Carlson being the centerpiece in that deal. I kind of thought Nolan Gorman would be the centerpiece in a deal, and maybe he would have been included, too. That's a guy I'd have a pretty hard time giving up, I think. But for the Padres, you can move C.J. Abrams, mm -hmm. which would be the centerpiece of that deal for the Nationals. He's a guy they'd absolutely have to have. Luis Camposano is a, a minor league catcher for them. He's a top 50 prospect in Major League Baseball, so he'd be another centerpiece. And if they wanted to, they could go further down the board or Robert Hassel, somebody like that. It, it is interesting for a few reasons because, first of all, the Padres made that Josh Hader deal, gave up a couple of their top 10 prospects in the process, and Robert Gasser and, um, oh boy. Ruiz. Uh, Ruiz. Yeah, that's Ruiz. So they already gave up a couple of guys. So now if they go get Soto, they're basically trading away all of their top-tier prospects. Is A.J. Preller going to be in that situation to go for it when he's going to have to deal with the Mets and Scherzer and DeGrom in the playoffs, mm -hmm. a Braves team that just won the World Series, and a Dodgers team that you know, is obviously one of the best teams in baseball. So is the timing right for Preller to do that? On the other hand, you could be a team that acquires Juan Soto now and you trade him again That's true. down the line somewhere because this is just such a unique situation with him you know, having some extra control, being under 25. But then there's another layer of it of a team like the Dodgers, a team like the Mets, a team that'll look at this and say, we're going to trade for him now, and we'll give him the $500 million he wants. I don't think it'll be the Mets. This is my gut. I don't think I don't think, so I don't think Rizzo will trade within the division. Uh, but the Dodgers, look, they made the mega deal last year to get Trey Turner and uh, and Max Scherzer. So let's let's talk about what has happened. You've alluded to it. Let's let's rehash it. The Brewers trade Josh Hader, which I think raised a lot of eyebrows. Like, why is Josh Hader being traded for a team that's leading the NL Central? They do in return get Taylor Rogers, who. It's not any and near on the level of Josh Hader, but is second in the league uh, in uh, in saves. But as you mentioned, you know the Brewers. I understand this move. I, I'm sure there's a lot of Brewer fans that are fired up about it and don't understand it. But you know you're selling high on a closer, which 
you know, let's be honest. We we saw him come out of the All-Star break, have a couple bad outings. Devin Williams, you could argue, is maybe not as good, but pretty pretty darn on the on the level. And you get a couple big-dime prospects, as you mentioned, Gasser and Ruiz. What did you make of this move uh, from both sides? Because for the Brewers, a team that is a favorite to, you know, win their division, does this make sense in your eyes? Well, so the Guardians are my heart and soul, but the Brewers are a team I've followed extremely closely over the last several years. I've cashed multiple win total overs with them. I had them at 55 to 1 to win the World Series last year. I love the way that they operate. I think they're a brilliantly run organization with David Stearns. And Milwaukee is, I think, the smallest or second smallest TV market in Major League Baseball. So they can't go out there and spend a ton of money. Stearns really has to thread the needle here. And this is a buy and sell move. And I really like this trade for Milwaukee. Yes, Josh Hader can be elite. He has not been elite lately. He did have an off the field thing. His wife had a very tough pregnancy yeah. and you know he didn't go to the all-star game so he could spend time with his wife and kid, which again, you think about the, the human side of this business. Now he's got to go to San Diego, but he wasn't sharp and they've used him a lot. And they've been concerned in the past about using him back to back days, three out of four, all of that. They've really tried to protect his arm. I'm not saying that there's something wrong with him, but I think that they wanted to be really proactive in case that wear and tear starts to show up. And I think Denilson Lamott is a guy that's going to fit really nicely, whether they use him as a starting pitcher or a reliever. They've got a couple of future players. And I also think that they looked at Taylor Rogers and said, we know what's wrong and we can fix this. I think it's a brilliant move by the Brewers. Like you said, it looks weird, but I think it's very smart and also Devin Williams is a better reliever than Josh Hader. Yeah, I mean, Devin Williams is, is tremendous. And, and now, the Brewers aren't done either. Yeah. This this is going to be part of a bigger package. I think they get probably a platoon bat tomorrow. Maybe they get Josh Bell from your Nationals. Yeah. I think they're going to be a player for some kind of offensive piece. So it's also important. You can't just look at these deals in a vacuum. It's also what else they do. So, you know, maybe they spin one of these prospects and get, you know, Josh Bell, somebody like that. So I think that's a possibility for Milwaukee too. All right, let's uh, let's quickly hit on the other what, your favorite move so far today. So you, we mentioned a little bit earlier, Yankees get uh, Montez and Trevino from the A's. The Cardinals get Jose Quintana. That was the most recent one. Uh, he comes from Pittsburgh. Tommy Pham goes to the Boston Red Sox, and Trey Mancini from Baltimore and uh, Christian Vasquez from Boston both end up in Houston. So. Of the moves that we've seen today, I would say the biggest headliner, at least the biggest name, is Josh Hader. But of the other moves, which one to you uh, impresses you the most, or you, did you like the most? Well, so I think the most impressive move has been both sides of the Luis Castillo deal between the Reds and the Mariners that happened a couple of days ago. But yeah. as far as today goes, I really like the Frankie Montas move for the Yankees because he's not a rental. And they will lose Jamison Tyone at the end of the year. He's an impending free agent. In fact, I thought maybe there was a chance they'd trade him tomorrow to get a bat or a bullpen piece or something like that because he's been a pretty effective yeah. starting pitcher so far this season but I like getting Montas I like what they did in the bullpen Scott Efros is a really good reliever with five years of team control I'm stunned that the Cubs gave him up actually but you know I guess they really like the piece that they're getting from the Yankees in that deal I also really like the Astros getting Trey Mancini because Yuli Gurriel has had a un underperformed this season they have long-term concerns about Michael Brantley, who's missed over a month with a bad shoulder. Mancini can play the outfield if he has to. Super good clubhouse guy. Oh, God, yeah. Beloved teammate. Obviously, it was very hard for Orioles fans to see him leave. I really like that move for the Astros. That's a move that a championship-caliber team makes. 
to get a player that's productive, but also going to fit really well into that clubhouse. So when you look at what the Yankees have done, and we're about to hit a break, Montez, Trevino, Efros, and Benintendi, they've been busy. They've been busy. Good haul. Yeah, I was going to say, so far, we still got a whole day tomorrow and a lot of big names potentially on the move. But I would say the Yankees so far have done themselves pretty good. That's Adam Burke. I'm Tim Murray. We've been busy looking at some college football. We'll hit on some of those thoughts next here on the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. The College Football Guide is out right now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access member. Sign up early for a discount of 175 bucks. You'll receive the college and pro football betting guides, along with the full VSIN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for 40 bucks a month and see everything VSIN has that has to up your betting game. Go to VSIN.com/slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Alongside Adam Burke, I am Tim Murray. I was uh Happy to be a very small part in what is a tremendous college football betting guide. I was reading it all through uh, through my little vacation back east. Adam was a very, very integral part. Adam Burke hanging out, uh, as was Matt Humans, as was JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, of course, uh, Wes Reynolds, Steve Mackinnon, Dave Tooley, uh, everyone doing a phenomenal job, uh, a part of this uh, of this betting guide and. We're going to get into a little bit later on in the show. Maybe, you know, as the week goes on, some of the interesting, uh, you know, through the weeds. But, you know, for this segment, Adam, we just wanted to look at some of the conference championship predictions that we had. And you and I were actually very similar uh, on a bunch of them. Both you and I said Clemson to win the ACC, even though, look, NC State's kind of been. I don't want to call them the flavor of the month, but a lot of intrigue there with NC State. Maybe Miami coming out of the other side of the, you know, the other division to play Clemson. Um, you know, Clemson, a lot of 
curiosity when it comes to the quarterback position. You know, for me, at the end of the day, I think what did it for me was I just think that Clemson defensive line is just so above and beyond better than anything. And I'm not, at this point, I, I'm starting to get those vibes of uh, Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence, where I'm not saying Klubnik is going to be Trevor Lawrence, but you've got this five-star top prospect quarterback and DJ Uyunglele, look, was really poor last year. Can he somehow find what he did those two games he filled in for Trevor Lawrence in the COVID season? Maybe, but I don't think Dabo is going to allow a season to be wasted when he's got Klubnik sitting there as, as a guy who could come in. Right. No, I agree. I think Klubnik, and, and to that end, he's probably worthwhile in terms of the Heisman Trophy futures yeah. market, too. I think I, there are still some places that have him 100-1 to 1 out there, and this is still the best team in the ACC. You know, I, I think NC State does look good, and obviously Devin Leary's a guy that's gotten some Heisman buzz and all that, but you know, they get NC State at home, they get Miami at home, they do have to go to Notre Dame, but... Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't really mean the, anything. Conference right. futures. So... It's a scenario where you know Clemson is still the team to beat. With that being said, I think we will start to see some cracks in the armor for Clemson this year. Yep. You could say we saw him last year, too. But with Brent Venables now at Oklahoma, you know he lost Jeff Scott, his offensive coordinator. He's also lost Tony Elliott. Coaches, Tony Elliott as well. So you know Clemson just kind of had a, a lot of program turnover, which is what happens when you're good for a sustained period of time. I think this is the season we start to see some of that show. But I think there's still just from a talent standpoint – far enough ahead of everybody else in this conference. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I'll be honest, you know, we we make these predictions. These aren't all bets that we've made. I right. personally have not made an ACC future bet. At minus 120, I wasn't racing to to bet a, uh, a future on them. I mean, the two teams that I feel most confident in, and I'm not going on a limb saying this, is Ohio State. And I mentioned, you know, before we left, uh, for, left for vacation, I bet over 10.5 wins. I think this Ohio State team is just tremendous. Maybe defensively they could have some issues, but I think they're so good offensively. I mean, you look at who, you know, the 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 point spreads in all these games, and then Alabama, and, you know, here in town and across the country, there might be places where you can parlay conference championships. I put a little bit on Ohio State, Alabama to win the Big Ten and SEC, put them together at plus 140. But you and I both agree, Big Ten, Ohio State, SEC, Alabama, um, I guess Georgia maybe could win that SEC title. Look, they, you know, Alabama beat them last year in the SEC title, then, of course, lost them in the national championship. You know, when we look at this list, Adam, which one, let's just, you know, look at the, the Power Five and maybe, you know, include the AAC too. Of these conferences, so both you and I, Clemson, to win the ACC, both you and I, Houston, to win the AAC, Big Ten, Ohio State, Big 12, Oklahoma, uh, Pac-12, Utah, and SEC was Alabama. So we are six for six in that. Of those six, which one of you was it? Kind of uh, like uh, you know, spoiled milk. You kind of smelt it and said, "Yeah, I still need it for my cereal. Let me pour it on here." Which one were you not ultra confident in? Well, I think it's interesting we match across all the Power Fives, which yeah. is which is pretty fascinating there. Uh, so I'll say this: I think Ohio State does clearly win the Big Ten. I think Clemson pretty clearly wins the ACC. Alabama may not be the team in the SEC, but there's only one team that can really beat them, I think, and it's Georgia. Right. Um, I, I would say that of the ones that are up there, Oklahoma's probably the most vulnerable, and I do have them a fair amount above their season win total. I have them projected for about 9.74 wins. So I have them basically going 10-2 and two this year, which would certainly be good enough to get into the Big 12 championship game. But 
I could see a scenario in which Steve Sarkeesian really gets Quinn Ewers going down there in Austin. I could see Dave Aranda and Baylor overachieving again. You know, we'll see if Shapin is the guy at quarterback for them. And I could even see Mike Gundy working some magic there at Oklahoma State. So I don't think Oklahoma is that far clear of some of the other teams in that conference. So that's the one I, I think I'd be most vulnerable about because I love this Utah team. I mean, I have Utah pretty clear favorite in, in all of their games. I have them down for 10 and a half wins, which is well above market. Wow. I think they're just clearly the best team in the Pac-12. So of the power five, I think Oklahoma is the one I'd be most worried about. I mean, the USC discussion, we're going to have Mo Pearson, you know, odds maker from WinBet, join us later on in the show. And I'm, I know he's got, they've got liability, as I think most places do, on USC because people are... Especially in town. ...are intrigued by the... You know, the the fascination, the unknown, these these sexy, shiny new toys coming into to L.A. The thing that I would say, and I'm with you, I think Utah, I think, I can't remember if Sean and I officially made our bet, but I think the fact that Utah gets USC in Salt Lake City in October, I, I love that spot for Utah. However, my caveat to that would be, now that they've gotten rid of divisions and that win if they were to accomplish that, does not necessarily eliminate USC, so to speak. And then we could get a rematch here in Vegas. That's where it could get interesting, where maybe USC jumps up. I just, I'm not ready to fully buy in on USC. They, they've got issues on the lines, both sides. I get it. If this was seven on seven, they'd be tremendous. As for Oklahoma, I don't know what to expect from the Big 12 this year. I bet over nine wins for Oklahoma. Um, but for them to win the conference championship, I tend to agree with you. I like the way the schedule shakes out when it comes to the win total, right? They get Oklahoma State at home. They get Baylor at home. They get Kansas State at home. And if they can get past Nebraska on the road, which will be a tricky one, and they almost you know lost that game last year, I, I think they get to 9-10 wins, so that's why I bet over 9 wins. You know, At 9.5, I, I would stay away. So... There's just no one in the Big 12 screaming my name to to play it, and that's why when you look at the the odds market, you know Oklahoma at DraftKings right now two to one to win the conference, Texas plus two eighty, Oklahoma State plus five fifty, Baylor plus six fifty. I mean, you know, uh, Sean was in here championing Kansas State, and I didn't hate that you know that longer shot type of play for Kansas State. They're they're an intriguing team, especially when you bring in Martinez and. You know, they've got arguably, you know, the best running back in college football on their roster. Yeah, I'm I'm just so out on Adrian Martinez. I don't know if it was a Scott Frost thing or He's if it was just Adrian Martinez. A decade thing. and a half. And also a new offensive coordinator in Colin Klein, Kansas that's State right. legend. So that'll be interesting there. I'll say this. I think something that's really intriguing to watch in terms of the Big Twelve is it's possible that all these top teams beat each other. Mm -hmm. But when you look at a team like TCU, yeah. I don't think TCU can win this conference. But I think they can upset somebody's chances to win this conference because they're a really talented team with a very experienced head coach in Sonny Dykes. I'm very much looking forward to that SMU-TCU game for a lot of different reasons, that rivalry game. But TCU has plenty of talent on that roster to where they could beat one of these top teams and then kind of wind up giving them a second loss or something like that. So. That's kind of what I'm intrigued to see. You know, Kansas State, they, they're they a team that, I mean, they play Oklahoma tough every single year. Yep. If that you know? if that game was in Manhattan, I wouldn't have been so bullish on the Oklahoma uh, win total over. Uh, give me an elevator pitch, the final 30 seconds, why Air Force is going to win the Mountain West. 
So I have Air Force and Fresno State power rated the exact same. I have Air Force with 10.25 wins, Fresno State with 10. I think that's your championship game. So I think one of the two of us will be right on the Mountain West. <laughs> Fresno State, though, plus 240 at, uh, at DraftKings. Air Force 4-1. to one. So if it's that close, they can take a flyer on a 4-1. to one. Well, a team that is hoping to be hoisting a trophy that they've never hoisted before, the Buffalo Bills. They are our summer conditioning candidate, and we'll talk about them top of the hour next right here on VEASAN. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.